I want you to say ambassador. ambassador. If you're taking notes, that's the, that's, the, that's the title of the message this morning is ambassador. And as we get through this, you'll find out where, where I'm going with this. But let me make this statement. Heaven and earth are created by God. Heaven and earth are torn by sin. Heaven and earth are destined for reconciliation. Heaven and earth are made by God, are created by God. Heaven and earth are torn by sin. And if you have not come to that conclusion yet, I don't know what world you're living in. I mean, we're torn, fractured, divided, anxiety and fear rule and reign and suspicion and criticism and self-protection and selfishness and materialism and addictions and all of this stuff. I mean, we're just... You know, you're going to step outside the four walls and you're going to encounter a culture that's broken. But there's a solution. And there's an answer. And that's the Kingdom of God. That is the Kingdom of God. Colossians 1.13, Paul writes, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the Kingdom of His beloved Son. You have been. Can I? I got news for you. You ever been in a job where somebody hands you a letter and just says, Buddy, you've been transferred? Yeah? Ever had that happen? Like nobody said no one ever. Well, I'm telling you what, there's a letter. It's called the Bible. And it informs you that you've been transferred if you are a believer in Jesus. You have been transferred from the domain of darkness, from the rule, from the reign, from the government, from the authority, from the brokenness, from the sickness, from the sin, from the depression, from the joylessness, from the hopelessness of this kingdom over here, because that's what you get in that kingdom, into the kingdom of His Son. Amen. We're going to talk about that. We're going to unpack that. In the series Rooted this morning, I'm going to talk about the Kingdom of God. How many of you just figured that out? We're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. In Isaiah 65:17, it says, For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or even come into mind. We see that the concept of the Kingdom of God on earth is the dream of God. Matthew 6:33, Jesus said, Seek first the Kingdom of God priorities. And remember, in Daniel 7.27, it's a beautiful picture, prophetic picture, and it says, and the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey Him. So we find out in the Bible that we're first to seek the kingdom, that we've been transferred to the kingdom, that all the kingdoms of the earth will be given to the people of the saints and brought under the rule and the reign and the dominion of His kingdom. And there's so much to cover when it comes to regarding the kingdom of God. I use the quote above because we get confused between the relationship of heaven, earth, and hell. We use the term a lot. Heaven and hell. Right? I mean, you hear heaven and hell. Do you recognize that in the Bible, if you were to look, you cannot find one scripture that actually combines those two concepts together? There's not one. 
But yet, if you look for the for the two uh, uh, the two words of heaven and hell or heaven and earth together, over two hundred scriptures, you'll find that they are combined in, in in the same verse. See, we get fixated on hell, but the Bible speaks more about the relationship between heaven and earth by far. It's not even close. There's something that we have to understand. That's where the kingdom comes in. The kingdom simply is the rule and the reign of God being restored to the earth. And there's a mystery of sorts to unravel. There's a mystery to it. See, Jesus taught the disciples to pray, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He, He taught them, taught us to pray that. But then Jesus also taught His disciples, He said this, my kingdom is not of this world. So how do we... How do we find the relationship between the two? Because what he was saying is this is not a political kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. That's where it's gonna, that's gonna, so here's this mystery. And, and then we find the first words of John the Baptist ministry was repent for the kingdom of God has come near you. And then we find that after John was beheaded in Matthew 4 17, from that time Jesus began to preach saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I mean, so there's all kinds of stuff. And how do we weave these together? Let me say this. The kingdom of God is now and not yet. That's the mystery. It's unfolding, but it's not yet. In Luke 17, 20, 21, Now when He being Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, How many of you recognize it's the kingdom of God that's the answer to this broken world? So so when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. No, nor will they say, see here or see there. For for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. There's another mystery. But you know what he was saying right there? I believe he was saying essentially that the kingdom of God does not happen with just you watching. It actually happens when you participate. It's within you. So it's like, okay. And you know where the kingdom of God is always basically released is where the king is. Wherever the king is, there's the kingdom of God is. So essentially, or, or let's look at this. How about the story and passage in Luke 11? Jesus said, but if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. See, there are believers that get uncomfortable with any kind of deliverance ministry. And yet, if you were to take the deliverance part of the supernatural acts of Jesus out of the equation, it would decrease what we know by over 20-25%. And, and, and he said, this, it was by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God is to come on you. And so maybe instead of being uncomfortable, our focus should change and we should rejoice because we've just seen the kingdom of God being the rightful authority, having the rightful rule over someone. Amen? That's the kingdom of God releasing and, and bringing somebody into freedom. Somebody give me an amen. As I'm getting a little quiet here, but I know I'm doing all the talking, so that's okay. So in Colossians 1, 1.13 again, 
It says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness into and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. So you have been delivered. You have been transferred. And your address has been changed. See, see, see domain speaks of authority. And when it says we, His delivers from the domain, the authority of darkness... We were under the wrong authority, one that God never intended us to operate under. How do I know that? Because I look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, where Paul writes, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Now, I know there's a lot of Scripture here this morning. So, the good news is for all of you that maybe didn't take time and did your devotions, we're going to catch you up. Yeah, How many of you do the, the, the U Bible? I, I, I do that, the U version Bible thing, and it, and it always... I'll start something, you know, like I'm doing this one year through the Bible thing by a, a pastor named Nikki Gumbel right now that's just absolutely dynamite. But the crazy thing is every once in a while I'll get, you know, I'll do, I usually do a couple or three, you know, the, the, the Bible reading thing and then a couple or three devotionals. And then, and then it always reminds you, you're two days behind or three days behind. And I feel so convicted. But here's the deal. There's this little button that you can push that says, catch me up. Right? So every once in a while, I just have to, uh, I'm not doing the shame, the condemnation anymore, just catch me up. So I'm going to catch you up this morning. We're going to catch you up. So listen, he, he, here's the thing is that, is that being transferred not only set you free from this illegal influence and governance but also changes your address and place of residence spiritually is changed. You're now seated with Him in heavenly places. You don't live in the same domain that you did before. And a lot of times we just don't grasp the implications of that. Domain means territory over which dominion is exercised. A sphere of knowledge, influence, or activity. And you were radically removed. If you are a believer in Jesus, you are radically removed from not only the power of, this, of sin, but the, but, but the penalty of sin. And this is the great reset. This is the great start over. This is the great hope of the gospel. See, believers have been transferred from that domain into the kingdom of God's domain. I'm no longer under that old authority it doesn't mean that we aren't touched or impacted by that kingdom. It doesn't mean that we're not, you know, influenced at some point in time. But it doesn't mean that the old man doesn't show up every once in a while. And it doesn't mean that we're sinless, but it should mean that we sin less. Right? Because now we're equipped and we're under an authority and we're under a different influence. Listen, some of y'all are under the wrong influence. And you need to be under the right influence. That would be pretty cool to get pulled over by a police officer. And he finds out, hey, you're actually under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to write you a ticket for being under the influence. 
No, he, he probably wouldn't say, I'm going to write you a ticket. He'd say, I'm going to give you a reward for being under the influence of the Holy Spirit, right? So, so we, we live under a different power supply and we live under a different code. And that, that deliverance allows us to see things differently, implants a different code under the hood, so to speak. I love classic cars. I had a 65 Mustang when I was in high school. It was a chick magnet. The same. At least I thought it was. I found out later that girls are way, way less impressed with cars than what guys think they are. At least that's what my wife said. But it had a 289, and it had Bosch 302 heads, and it had a four, you know, four speed, and it had traction bars. I mean, that thing could just light it up. So, you know, I'm always looking for like, oh man, I would love to get, you know, I, I do love a Ford, sorry. Uh, uh, I, 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 you know, so I'm always kind of looking, you know, for like, you know, classic cars. Oh, maybe one of these days I'll get another classic car. And so the other day I found a, you know, hey, Mustang for sale, you know, 68 coupe. And I'm like, hey man, that looks really good. And then I flipped the information. It had a six cylinder under the hood. <laughs> I want something big under the hood. You know, I want a 302 Boss under the hood. I want a 351 Cleveland under the hood. I want a 429 Boss under the hood. I had a buddy of mine in school. His dad was like a chiropractor or something. And he had a, Ivan, he had a 1969, no, it was a 70 uh, a Ford. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a 429 Boss. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That thing was like. We would just come in, all the, all, the, all, the, you know, all the guys in the high school would come in and, and we'd just like bow. Not, not really, I'm just kidding. But he would fire that baby up and you could feel the barn floor rumble. Whew. That's what we have. We have something under the hood that's so different than what we did before. We have the power to overcome sin. We have the power to overcome temptation. We have the power to basically walk in, in, in miracles and the things that Jesus did. Jesus said, these things and more will follow those who believe because we believe and because we are, we are connected and we've had this transfer between heaven and earth. In this earth, there's something that's totally dramatically changed in how we live. Somebody give me an Amen. Colossians 3.1, and then if then, because it says if then you've been raised with Christ, so it's kind of rhetorical. If then, which we know we have been because the Bible says we are, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. How many of you realize sometimes that can be really, really hard to do? Come on, I got... Five honest people, six, eight, ten. Remember? Ananias and Sapphira. Come on, y'all. It, it, it's, it's tough sometimes because we get drug into that old thing. You ever get drug into an argument? You get drug into something that you just had no, you're like, how did I get in the middle of this thing? We get drug into this, this old kingdom, this domain of darkness all the time. And that's where your free will, your participation, and your decision come into the process. You've got to set your mind. You've got to make a personal decision to seek different things. In, in, in 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 it says, that the God of this world has blinded 
the eyes of the unbelievers, to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. See, that actually in in preparing and and praying for that, it really kind of resonated in me in a different way. I've I've read that Scripture, I've preached on that Scripture, but something just kind of transpired in me where when I read the God of this world, this dominion, this old kingdom has blinded the eyes of unbelievers to keep them from seeing. We're walking around with blind people around us all the time. Robbie gave me a list of things to pick up the other day at the store. So I, I, I've just been kind of you know, looking at this and I, I take this list and I'm, as, I'm, as I'm down in a grocery store, I'm looking around, I'm going, man, there's blind people all over. I mean, it just, and what, what, what changed, what changed was the posture of my heart. The posture of my heart changed from being, you know, come on, we can be kind of critical. We can kind of be judgmental. We can be kind of, uh, apathetic. But when you look and you go, gosh, there's so many people that are blind. They're blind. And the problem is, a lot of times, these people don't know they're spiritually blind because they're deceived. But my heart changed. And I'm like, God, just show me blind people. Show me people who, 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 who need to be transferred from this kingdom into yours. And here's the other thing. We all have a tendency to want our own kingdom. Right? It started in the sandbox. Didn't it? I mean, it did. We want our own kingdom. I mean, you just watch two little kids in the sandbox and then one of them reaches over to grab somebody else's toy. And suddenly, the, you know, we, we got a war. You know? Or you, you give your grandkids some candy. I, I was talking to somebody and they were talking about Christmas and I know it's only 14 Sundays away, y'all, or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, they were talking about how when they grew up, that their dad made sure that there was five presents for each kid. Because if there was, and the kids would count them. Why? Because we all have our own kingdom. We all have our own kingdom. Your kingdom is a place where you want to happen, happens. I remember one time I'm sitting at a, restaurant with Robbie and there's some people there that we didn't we knew them but we didn't know them and this lady reached over and grabbed a couple of my fries and I realized I have a kingdom (laughs) I still get flashbacks (laughs) you can do that with family right But see, your kingdom is a place where, you, where, where what you want to want happens. Your kingdom is where you're in charge. Your kingdom is, I get what I want or I pitch a fit. My kingdom is where I expect, and if my expect, expectations aren't recognized or realized, then I'm going to be disappointed. I mean, think about this, how selfish that we are, how we can lean. And when we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about the place or domain where God is in charge. And where God, where what God wants to happen actually happens. Because I think we know 
intellectually, theoretically, doctrinally, that if we walk in this kingdom fully, fully and completely with all that we have, trusting God, lean not unto your own understanding, but I mean, we're walking, we know it's the place we're called to be where we need to be. But what we find ourselves, we find ourselves lured back into this and immersed and tainted and touched and tempted. So there's this struggle. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. Entering into that kingdom of God, there's a, just a simple process. It's, the gospel is this, is that you could not earn it. It's not about rules and regulations. The Old Testament was a tutor to show us, to illustrate to us. So there's this simple requirement, the simple process that we repent and that we have faith in Jesus as Lord. Sometimes when you hear a preacher use the word repent, it conjures up images of this, you know, bony fingered prophet on a street corner and you know, grasshoppers hanging out of his honey dripping all over. Repent! Repent's a beautiful word. It's a power word. It's the first word that John the Baptist used in his public ministry. It's the first word that Jesus used in his public ministry. It simply means this. That the Greek word is, is pronounced metanoneo. And it means having a second thought that reveals the error of the first thought. And causes you to turn and walk away the walk the other way, and that walking the other way is the fruit of repentance. So it's a beautiful word. It's a word that'll actually heal relational fractures. Just think about this. I'm sorry. I repent. I recognize I shouldn't talk to you like that. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be angry like that. I. I. I you know. There was a scientist back in the day that we learned about Galileo. At the time, everybody thought the earth was flat. There's still people that think the earth's flat, y'all. It's called the Flat Earth Society. About 1,500 members. But at the time, they all felt like they believed the earth was flat, and because of it, it restricted travel and exploration because <laughs> I'm going to fall off the edge of the earth. But there was a metanoia moment. There was a repentance moment where somebody recognized they had a second thought that revealed the error of the first thought that the earth was actually round, and it opened up exploration and travel. That's a beautiful picture of Repentance. Repentance is the entrance and faith in Jesus as Lord and you're transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of God. And Jesus taught this integral step on the journey when He said, in calling the crowd to Him with His disciples, this is Mark 8.34, He said to them, if anyone would come after Me, let them deny himself and take up his cross and follow Me. Deny Himself. Oh my gosh. Is that easy or what? No. Seriously. 
We find out, you will find an opportunity today to deny yourself, right? It might be Let, let me explain it this way. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. First of all, Jesus said this before he was crucified. So, to the hearers, this was kind of like, what? The cross was a brutal instrument of death. I mean, Rome would not even crucify its own citizens. And so he was saying this to the hearers, but the meaning to the hearer was this. The cross was carried by the person that had rebelled against the authority and was a sign of complete and utter submission. So what Jesus was saying, He wasn't saying that you need to go be crucified again. He wasn't saying that you need to to walk through all this stuff that he because he did that in our place. But what he was saying is that you need to identify yourself under my rule, under my reign, under my authority. That's the cross. And the Bible says now that you're an ambassador of God's kingdom because you've been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of His beloved Son. Now you actually have been transferred and now you are an ambassador of God's kingdom. You are rooted in the kingdom. Your roots are no longer here. They're over here. This is where you're planted. And there's some beautiful scriptures. Revelation 1.6 said, And He has made us to be a kingdom, priest to God and Father, to Him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Wow. Revelation 5.10 says, And you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. We walk so far below what we're called to. We walk so far below the authority that we've been given in Christ. Because we're no longer citizens of this domain of darkness, but we're citizens of this kingdom. And being citizens of the kingdom, there's certain rights that you have and responsibilities that you have. Exodus 19.6, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. Listen, I want to I bring out some points that I think are super important. First of all, the church is not the kingdom, and the kingdom is not the church. But they are linked together in a way that you can't separate them. The church is the only thing that Jesus said He would build. He said, I'm going to teach you how to pray. Pray that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then He says, and I will build my church. So when I, when I think about the church, I think about the family of God. I think about the church as the vehicle that Jesus chose to establish to be an ambassador of the kingdom to the earth. The church is in some ways an embassy. It's an embassy. I want you to think about that. An embassy is, is, is a representative of the, a government into a foreign place. And it's to represent, and it's actually, embassies are actually created to bring peace 
to make sure there's dialogue, to make sure there's a diplomatic relationship there that will bring people together. You know, I was thinking about this. Do you know why people want to come to the U.S.? It's because they're looking for a better government than what they have where they are. I remember going on my first mission trip. I was young. We went to Hong Kong. Incredible. Anybody been to Hong Kong? Most populated place on the face of the earth. It's crazy. You can't hardly move without touching somebody. And then we went to the Philippines, and I love the Filipino people. And it was it was crazy because I don't know how many times that, that, that we'd be ministering in churches and I would hear a young Filipino uh, a person just go, if I could just get to America. I just want to go to America. If I could just get to America, I know that I could have a better life. And I, I, I just started pondering that. Because it represents a better life than, than the broken life that maybe they're in right now. That's why people by the droves are leaving everything and coming with only what they have, trying to get into our country. Because they sense that there's something better on that side of the river than this side of the river. Now think about that. Just imagine with me what that would look like if people were trying to get into church. They were trying to get into the embassy. They were trying to get into the kingdom. They were like, hey man, I don't know who's out there parking, but there's a mess of people out there. And we got to try to figure out how to get them across the river into the place. And religion will actually set up borders and boundaries from people coming in to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not eating or drinking. Paul writes this in Romans chapter 14. This is crazy because he says, the kingdom of God is neither eating nor drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You know what Paul was saying? I'm tired of rules and regulations. It's not about how you hold your mouth. It's not about trying to do everything right because you can't do everything right. But it's about righteousness. It's about peace. And it's about joy. How do you, how do you measure, is the kingdom of God growing in, my, in, in me? Is the kingdom of God growing in my, my circles? Is, be, is righteousness, is peace, is joy growing? It's an illustration of the kingdom of God growing. Just imagine with me what it would look like if people were just trying, there's a line all the way down the block. They're trying to get in. They're leaving everybody, leaving everything behind. And they would do that if we truly represent hope. Represent. Represent. I love that word. Represent. Represent. They would do that if we're truly representing freedom if we're truly representing healing if we're truly representing deliverance and guarantee of a better future and that is the truth but the prince of the power of the air has blinded people and in their blindness they only see religion legalism and a list of can't do's instead of the freedom of the can do's 
You and I have been delivered from darkness. Eyes are being opened up. Eternal perspective. And now we're entrusted with being ambassadors. We're embedded. Think about this. To be ambassadors. Think about this. There's something in us that wants to represent. You'll see people being an ambassador for their favorite car. Ford. For their favorite team, Seahawks. You'll see them wearing swag and logo, representing something. You'll see, you'll see people that have experienced like, oh man, I went on this diet. I lost 400 pounds. You got to do this diet. You see what I'm saying? There's something in us that just leans that way. And I'm like, we have a great experience with a brand and we become a walking, talking mouthpiece for it. What about the gospel? What about the kingdom? What about that we've been transformed from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light? Man, that's what we need to be walking and talking and wearing. You become an ambassador. Ultimately, we've been, we've been delivered and transferred into this kingdom that is here and not yet. And the most important thing that we represent, that we ambassador, is that kingdom. Our position has changed. We're seated in a different place. That's where, when I walk in integrity as a a business owner and a believer, I'm walking with, I'm an ambassador. Sometimes people don't treat you right. You have to realize though, I'm still an ambassador. I've got a chance to represent the kingdom. When when you've got that degree and that certification to be that teacher in that school district somewhere, guess what? It wasn't about you getting that degree or that certification. It was about basically you getting the tools that you needed to where God could insert you into this place and say, you're my ambassador. You're an ambassador. You're, I'm going to send you into a foreign place. It might be that your tool belt and you can build things and you can tear things down or you can weld things or you can teach things or you can sell things. But all of these are basically in this place where like you are an ambassador and I'm going to send you to the ends of the earth and you're going to represent my kingdom. It changes how I look. It changes how I filter when I realize, man, And I'll be honest with you, there's times when I don't feel like it. I'll be honest with you. There's times when it's hard. There's times when I want to walk into a grocery store and I want to pull my hat a little closer down over my eyes. I don't want people to know that I'm pastoring a church. Because I'm just like, oh man, I don't feel like much being an ambassador today. And the Holy Spirit just kind of stirs in me and says, there's blind people all around. I, I, can't, I, I can't take a day off. I can't ignore blind people. Because, you know, sometimes we can do that. Sometimes we can. Do you remember the story of blind Bartimaeus? This guy is at the side of the road, blind. He's got his cloak out there. That's what he uses when people throw money. 
And that's just like this livelihood. But he hears something different. Down the street, he's heard about this Jesus. And now he's hearing a commotion. And he hears that Jesus is there and he begins to cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And you know the tragic part of this? There was actually people around Jesus, some of his followers that just, he doesn't have time for you. There might be somebody here this morning. I want to make a declaration, prophetic declaration. Jesus has time for you. He knows your pain. He knows the fractures. He knows the need for healing. He knows the shame. He knows the traps. And He's saying, I have time for you. If you will just cry out and make room for Me, I will come. When I walk as an ambassador, I make sure that my treasure, my time, and my finances reflect what I'm sowing into. When I'm an ambassador, I make sure my family is participating in the beautiful gathering of God's people together in the embassy, in the church. There's too many believers. I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm just going to say it like it is. There's too many believers that their prayer is just, Jesus, get me the hell out of here. Beam me up. But I'm telling you, Jesus is intent on getting the hell out of the earth. Getting it out of the earth. His kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when you see things in heaven, you realize that's what He desires on the earth. That's what we're praying. God, let there be a holy transaction and transition into this. My roots are in the kingdom. My authority is in the kingdom. I have a king. His name is Jesus. I have a constitution. It's the Bible. I even have a flag. It says that His banner over me is love. We are kingdom people. Come on, stand up to your feet this morning. I want to pray for anybody this morning that's been blinded by the prince of the power of the air. The entrance to this kingdom. And it's amazing. Is in faith and believing in Jesus. In the book of Revelations, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear me and open the door, I will come in. Beautiful picture of the heart, your heart, and the only handle is on the inside. Only you can open it. You may be here this morning, and you may have felt like, Oh, I don't know what this is I'm feeling. I feel something different. I feel maybe I feel the love of God. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a little strange. But I'm telling you what, you're feeling something that's the invitation of Jesus. Come, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And if today's the day for you to make that decision, and I want to agree with you, and you say, Pastor, I want to give my heart to this Jesus. I want to open the door of my heart. 
I want you to raise your hand right now. This is going to be the easiest place for you to profess and confess in a bunch of family that's going to rejoice with you and be so excited with you. Amen? If that's you this morning and you're saying, today I want to open the door of my heart and give my life to this Jesus, I just want you to wave at me. Come on, this is amazing. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Come on, can we just put our hands together? This is amazing.